they have a Black History Month, but we don't have a White History Month. Well, all we've ever been taught is white history. If it was not for the love and respect shown to me by black women, those right-wing, ultra-conservative, alt-right haters, they would have me believe I'm too black, I'm too confrontational, I'm too tough, and I'm too disrespectful of them. But now, I know I'm simply a strong black woman. We're in a time where corporations are treated like people and people are treated like things. They promote legislation that attacks voting rights, the poor, LGBT citizens, the immigrant community, and civil rights that are lewd, mean-spirited, and fundamentally contrary to what our democracy is supposed to be about. What is bad is not what they are doing what would be bad is for us not to fight back hey ho let's go this is 102.3 whiv lp fm you are listening to resistance radio my name is mark allendary as always it is a pleasure and honor to have with me one of my closest friends in the whole wide world somebody that i love to call one of the most the brilliant political minds in the state of Louisiana, and I am honest about doing that most of the times. Today is one of those times <laughs> that I'm honest about doing it. Uh, he is uh, dressed uh, matching as usual uh, with a purple uh, shirt uh, with a purple tie uh, and uh, really a uh, all-around tie, dapper tie goes, person. Tie goes with a belt, which goes with the pants, it goes with the shoes. I'll have you know that I actually put on a very special it's, non-target, it's a non-target shirt uh, today. So that, it uh, looks like all your other shirts. That's <laughs> This, like this one is a little bit of higher. Four versions of the same it's, shirt. Well, I, uh, I, I'm special like that. Uh, <laughs> Kenny Francis, who is one of the founding members of Indivisible NOLA, uh, also on the steering committee, and also, uh, again, uh, one of our most political, uh, thoughtful uh, minds in the state of Louisiana. Kenny, welcome to Resistance Radio. We are doing a very special two hours, and I actually meant to tell you off air, so let's just do it real quickly. <laughs> let's, let's break it up in one hour segments. So. Yeah. That makes sense. Okay. Uh, so yeah, we can focus on. Right. How about we so do... we'll, we'll, what we'll do is we'll shut down at the top of the hour and yeah. then restart everything. So this way it'll come up as two different oh, podcasts. And okay. so where can people find our podcast? They can find our podcast in a couple of places. One, you can find it on the Indivisible New Orleans website. That's IndivisibleNOLA.com. Um, you can find all the episodes on there. You can also find it on iTunes by searching Resistance Radio New Orleans. You can also find it on Google Play. So coming up soon, all the podcasts will actually be found on the whivfm.org oh, website. So that's look at us getting yeah, it together. So that is uh, that's something that's going to be coming up very soon. Great. Um, and so this hour, let's focus on. We're going to do this hour. We're going to focus on the federal elections, and then the second hour, oh, we'll focus on local? the state elections. State oh, okay, elections. Yeah. okay, got it. All I mean, right. It doesn't really matter which direction we go. No, okay. Um, and you know, as you're doing the 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 drop in the intro. I was I, I'm feeling a little bit gloaty today because Oh god. Yes. Really because, dude, seriously? 
Because I did sort of prove a, no, that I am dude, one of the more brilliant minds. I got my predictions. I say that were, as a joke. I don't mean it to be serious. <laughs> and my predictions were on point. Uh, so before we even uh, before we even jump in, oh, uh, this is gonna be we're gonna go back. We're gonna go back for the record. <laughs> for those of you that turned in last week, my predictions were that the Senate was gonna go plus three Republicans, and the Republican it was gonna be forty six fifty four. Republicans to Democrats for that, that being, 54. and it was ended up being forty-seven fifty-three though, right? Hold on, okay, we're gonna okay, get there. Okay, 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 okay. My other prediction was that the House. You like that right off the top of my head? What? What? My other prediction was that the House would end up in a Democratic majority, somewhere in the range between two twenty and two twenty-five, um, Democrats, and I predicted that the Democrats would pick up set um, nine governorships. Now, for what actually happened. The currently the Senate races aren't completely over because you have two races that haven't ended yet. But currently it's forty six fifty two, and it's projected that the the Republicans are picking up three seats. The House ended up two twenty seven one ninety nine, so I was off by two seats on that. Well, these are these are also seats. I mean, this is a, a, a and I'm sure we're going to talk about this in detail today. But how this is in flux? Yeah, and the okay. uh, and the governorships numbers. the governorships ended up Dems plus seven, not plus Plus nine, I got two of them wrong. You mean in the House? No, in the governors. In the go- oh, governors. The governorships. Yeah, the yeah, governorships. Yeah. The Democrats picked up seven. I said they were going to pick up nine. And two off. well, I mean, we still don't know what's happening in Florida and in Georgia, and those are all also very fascinating for us. We'll to get, talk yeah, about. we'll get there. Okay. Um, so, if you guys haven't already uh, noticed, we're going to be talking about we're spending again. We're and, and thank yeah, you, and so, thank you to Mark Parody and then to Wade Burnham who are letting us infringe, and we're pushing all the programming back an hour on WHIV. So uh, we will hear you guys will hear Mega Music Monday for two hours, and then Super Sounds of Someday also. But we're just pushing the programming out and the thank you to those guys for letting us uh, infringe on their time so that we can have two hours to talk about uh, this information that we felt was important for us to do so with the federal stuff let's what we're going to do is we're going to talk about the senate races we're going to talk about what happened in the house and we're talking about the governorships and then there's a bunch of like really fascinating um ballot measures that was on the docket for a bunch of states including our own um, let's start with the senate races well before we do let's yeah. just do some quick like what's your general like your your general just if you were to summarize it in a couple sentences how would you have taken last week and then i want to give you mine and like how i feel about like the how the elections how they, right i mean because um, we're going to dig into the like weeds the, big time so i feel like the elections turned out predictably similar to what like all of the different models and statistics were saying um i think that a blue wave was never coming if people thought there was going to be some huge blue wave and we were going to take the House by some enormous margin and the Senate, then they, yeah, they just I weren't don't really think paying the Senate was not right. They weren't just weren't really paying te- paying attention enough closely to the the actual races and the actual candidates that were running in the states that they were running in and the traditional voting blocks in those states. Um, I think that this turned out not as good as possible for Democrats. I think it turned it wasn't bad. Um, I think that Trump and the Republicans. Um, banding about this as some sort of victory is them sort of just trying to control the narrative because it's certainly not a victory for them. I, I um, dare I disagree with you. I mean, it was. I think I it mean, was basically, vic- it was a basically, basically, this election for me is a stalemate, and that's the, and like in, and in a lot of ways, I thought it was in some ways looking at the numbers and the races. It was some of the best. It was like it's kind of the best outcome we could hope for. Is that what we now have is we have a split government, 
it's going to be very difficult for them to get any sort of legislation passed without actually working together. Um, and so what we're going to probably see is political gridlock in Washington for the next two years until the next presidential election, which pushes the legislative agenda to the states, which is why Democrats picking up a bunch of governorships is very important. And that's why the 2019 um, state legislature election agreed. In, in Louisiana, which I have been saying it for months agreed, now, agreed. the 40% of the Louisiana legislature is term limited next year. And with gridlock coming in Washington, it's really, 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 really important that the people of Louisiana elect a set of legislators that are actually, that are actually representing our best interests. And to add to that, redistricting is coming on the, on the horizon for, uh, in 2020 with the census coming. So, I mean, this, this, I know that we just had an election, but I'm already thinking about next year because the 2019 Louisiana state legislature elections are unbelievably important. I, I will say the first time I ever heard uh, about 40% of the state legislators uh, being termed out did come from you. So kudos. That is something that I will g- give you credit for on air regularly because you're absolutely right. This You were the first person talking to us about this. And about two weeks ago, I think Kenny and I went and had a meeting with some some folks that are starting sister some districts. Yeah, sister districts that are starting some statewide or nationwide um, political actions that are happening at only st- on the statewide level. And uh, and this goes back to I think a conversation that I think I can't remember if we were having on air or off air about how everything's becoming much more hyper localized well, uh, now. And it's also because like I mean, if there's one thing that I mean, there's many things we've learned about about this administration, but something that they've consistently shown is they have no interest in actually governing. Yeah. Well, okay. They've and never we'll get, had we'll, any, and we'll get in to that in a second. Yeah. We'll get to that. Let me tell you my thoughts on things. Um, first of all, the first thing that I took from it is I, I know the next day when you and I were texting, uh, I, I was having a really hard time. I just, I, I, I still did not form an impression. I, w- I think I was shell shocked. I agree with you. I think that it did follow the models to a certain degree, but it wasn't until that it occurred to me that we did, and by we, and I want to be very clear, I'm a registered independent. I do not relate with the Democratic Party whatsoever, and I will be speaking very, very strongly over the next two hours about the need for a third party because the Democratic Party is the party of corporate entities. So let's be very, very clear about that, okay? So, but that being said, the... The I, I felt that it the, I felt that there was a bit of a quote unquote blue wave, it, and we would have seen more if we had not seen such voter suppression. And yeah. I think that when you take into, and it wasn't until it occurred to me the deep amounts of voter suppression that has occurred, and we saw such strides that had happened in in uh, in Texas with uh, Beto O'Rourke, what happened uh, in in Georgia, and then what happened in Florida, that if there wasn't this very, very intense voter suppression that happened, and then the second thing was something that you never see the Democratic Party do and you never saw President Obama do, was you saw uh, President Trump hustle his rear end. And I think he did something like 50-plus 
What's it, rallies and of course he loves he he he's energized by that and he loves doing that he shows up there's 10,000 people cheering at him and 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 he goes off script and they laugh and blah 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 and, if, and who wouldn't love that if you're an egomaniac that's got to be that's got to be something that you're energized by uh and so that scares me and I'll get to that in a second so but if you look at the voter suppression that happened and you also saw this very intense messaging because the media is owned by the GOP. It's owned by corporate entities. I think that we would have done much better because there was the, there there essentially was 10 million more votes that got cast for the Democratic Party in total than there was for the Republican Party. So we also saw a great amount of votes voters that came out to vote so that was that was a positive i think that the positives of more women i think there's something like 112 women in congress now a hundred of them are are in the democratic party i think that was positive i think we saw two women under 30 we saw two uh uh, women uh, who are islamic Uh, of course the first nations i think there may even been two first nations we see a lot a lot more certainly not enough representation of the lgbt community and all this being said, Congress still does not look like America, but I think we did take some steps forward. The Senate, the the parties, the folks that lost in the Senate were all corporate shills. I mean, if you look at Claire McCaskill or Heidi Heitkamp uh, or uh, Joe Manchin, was it no Donnelly? Joe Donnelly, who lost, they're just they were they were milk toast. They were basically Republican lights, and the only person who won was Donnelly, and he just had a no Manchin. I'm sorry, it was Manchin who had a lock on on West Virginia. So my last take is this: I'm very fearful that Trump may win 2020, and I will tell you why, because. He was incredibly effective in stoking up fear. Yeah. And fear, in the end, is the most essential base element that I think drives, not only drives humans, but drives voters to the boots. If you're tuning in, you're listening to 102.3 WHIV. This is Resistance Radio. I'm Mark Allendary. That's Kenny Francis. We are streaming live on 1230 AM WBOK. If you are tuning in on WBOK, welcome to WHIV. I don't... I, you had me to the end there. I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I think you look... Just look at Obama's first election. The like That was the most incredible like political campaign that has ever been run the most successful one it had broke records left and right or anything i'm not saying and it was all based on this like simple idea of hope of hope like right. i think hope and i think at the end of the day politics on like a grand scale is about message control it's not about the issues it's not about like whether you're talking about big like big wonky issues or what people like to call kitchen table issues it's really just about message control it's about who's controlling the narrative who's controlling the message and who's motivating their people to come out what Trump, what you're right in is that Trump has been very, very effective at using fear to energize his supporters. Have you heard anything about the caravan since the election? No, because it was a, it was it was just it was, it was a fear tactic. It was a fear tactic. It was like, but what I at the end of the, I think that like I I think what I disagreed with is that you're saying that like fear is the most motivating thing for people. I don't well, think that's okay, true. Okay, I think, uh, sorry, I just, you're you're I just splitting that, a hair. I think it was. In I just think that whatever very you, effective. Yeah, I just think that whatever you latch onto, whatever you see, can work. That. It's about how effectively you do it. You look at Obama using like hope in 2008. You look at Trump using fear and hate in 2016, and now now. And I think a, you don't a, think that's going to work in I th- 2020. And I think that and I think another like 
another good example is that like you look at um, part of why I think a big reason why Hillary Clinton wasn't successful is that she didn't have a nar- toast. She didn't have a narrative that was like Agreed. energizing people Agreed. other than, hey, I've been here. I've done a whole lot of work. I'm super qualified for this job, so I should get it. Right. Right. There, were, there wasn't like the Agreed. whole like forward. I'm with her thing. It didn't. It didn't. Agree. It didn't land. Let me say one more summary, and then let's let's dive into it. And that is, I think that, and I have said this before, and and I've said this on air many times, and and I get criticized regularly for this. The positive for having Trump uh, as president is that he finally ripped off that that veneer of of what really exists in America and for white people. For, for, Exactly. And that is that we live in a deeply racist country. And I think that, uh, especially with with the two guests that were on with AJ's show from Conscious Roots, and you can find more information about them at Conscious Roots LLC, uh, that that there has been an awakening that I think has, uh, that I I, I really, then maybe I'm hoping, Kenny disagrees with me, and that's fine, but I think that it's hard not to look at what happened in Florida, and it's hard not to look at what happened in- Florida always votes like that. Florida, every four years, everyone's always hoping Florida's gonna find find some common sense, and they never do. I I just, okay, let me, okay, no, 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 let me me say this. All right, Steve King, who usually wins by 20 points, eked a, a vote by three. And he is without question three points. He is without question the most racist, openly white nationalist uh, of all of the Congress. And he barely eked by. I just I think that there is there there is there is to me seems like there I can no, no no and I can tell you because I'm hearing more I'm reading more about about things and 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 the media seems to be covering race and race issues more now with the idea being that there has been a lot of racism that has been uh that was that was stoked up with the uh campaign but it's essentially like disaster porn like, like what I think what you're attributing, you're attributing some sort of like a, what you see is sort of like, and maybe I'm like, just being overly optimistic. I think what you're seeing as some sort of like awakening is what I see is essentially like disaster porn where it's like the zeitgeist du jour of like what everyone's talking about. And so we're hearing about it more because we're more connected. So, okay, so you let me, even, wait, let me, you did a whole soliloquy. Okay. Okay. Like it's, I think you're hearing about it more. I think it's being focused on more because it's what's getting clicks because it's what's on people's minds. Our hearts and minds actually changing? Is this country different? I guess like you're taking this as me coming across as like some like huge cynic now. I want to be clear. Me and like most other people of color in this country are just as cynical as we've always been because we just see America as it is what it is. America is Trump. America is the Republican Party. America is predatory capitalism. America is using your power of controlling redistricting to gerrymander the hell out of districts so that people's votes don't matter. That's what America is, was, and has always been. Yeah, you're right. The fact that like a, a, a small amount of people have all of a sudden been like, oh crap, it's kind of messed up around here. That doesn't that doesn't mean anything changed. I don't think it's a small amount of people. I mean, I it hear you. Doesn't mean anything changed. Like, and all these people who are shocked. Aren't really shocked. They're just sort of like finally paying attention. Like, it's not. So you I'm, don't see that as a good thing. 
Not if not if it doesn't lead to actual change. Not well, if it doesn't. You, not, did you not see it? I mean, there's more people who vote. I mean, this midterm election saw more people voting than has ever been done before. Yeah. And you can tell by what's happening. And we happening were still at like 50% of the okay, electorate. But you like can, that's an absurdly low number. And, and, and we, let's start going, let's go into the, let's go into the weeds. But I, 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 this is a conversation that we're going to probably take yeah, we'll weeks, yeah. weeks to talk about. But let's just, let's dig into it because I think there's a lot of important races to go I do, over. I, so I think I hear you. Yeah, I hear yeah. you. I I just I I I just need you to kind of hear. I do. I do. I do hear what you're saying. I think what you're seeing as progress, I see as simply awareness. And I think where you and I are having a central disagreement at the moment is I don't necessarily believe awareness will equals progress. Okay. I think awareness can equal progress but i think that there is a whole lot of work that needs to consistently be done for awareness to turn into progress and as someone who has dedicated their life to extinguishing diseases that affect people of color and people that are poor and in the lgbtq community that has that the huge reason why these things have persisted is stigma like i'm sure you can understand that that like awareness of hiv isn't what has led to progress a whole lot of work along with awareness has led to progress with HIV and everything and, and Hep C and, Hep C and, and everything and TB else. And all it wasn't just people knowing the facts about no, no, like no, what's you're going right. on. But to be clear though, it's policies. It's it's bigoted policies. It's policies that are based in uh, in privilege and and and, and racism. And it, it, I mean, a lot of what I do is, is deconstructing uh, structural racism in medicine. I mean, and 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 you know that. And so uh, uh, and we can let's let, let's yeah. get into the races. Yeah, I heard you saying. Okay, um, so let's start with the Senate. So in the Senate, so just like sort of a basic civics civics lesson, starting back through a hundred senators, you get two from every state. Um, before this election, our split was forty nine fifty one, um, fifty one being the Republicans. The Republicans had a one um, seat majority in. This election, there were about seven seats that were deemed to be a toss-up that were very tight races that were going to that were going to decide which way the Senate swung, um, and it was always going to it was always going to swung swung sorry swing. it was always going to be a very um, it was always going to be a very tough road for Democrats to to take the Senate because in just like in the simple numbers of it of those seven sort of like toss-up races. Five of those races, the incumbents were Democrats who were vulnerable Democrats because they were in states that Trump had Voting carried. For Trump, yeah. um, and so there wasn't really anyone predicting the Democrats taking over the Senate. Um, just like sort I mean, of there, like there was a path to victory. There was a path. I mean, and the path totally fell apart. And the path pretty much included you needed upsets. Right, they collapsed in a bunch of places. It collapsed, and it's and you know everyone was sort of like threw a lot of eggs in the basket of like Beto versus Ted Cruz, but that. As I said last week, that was never really like that wasn't really in question and it wasn't the path like if Beto had won, it would have been part of some huge blue wave that like would have happened unexpectedly. Um, And the path that just didn't sort of happen. Um, It sort of played out the way that was expected. Um, Bill Nelson went down in Florida. um, Not not true. Not true. Not true at all. That's still being recounted right now. Okay, I mean, it's being recounted. I'm going to make another prediction. Bill Nelson's gonna lose. That recount's gonna come back in favor of, of Rick Scott. Okay. Um, who Andrew, is, by the way, Andrew, who is the governor Andrew, Andrew of Gill- the state who's overseeing the election? Andrew Gillum's recount with, um, Bri- well, not Brian Kemp, um, with uh, DeSantis. With Ron DeSantis, gonna come back in favor of DeSantis. 
I and, hope you're wrong. And the Stacey Abrams votes, the voter suppression, Brian Kemp, it worked. Like that, it's going to come back and he's going to have enough to be governor and it's not going to be a runoff. That's my prediction of that. Um, I hope you're wrong, Haas. The, um, Joe Donnelly went down in Indiana, which was expected. Like you said, he was milquetoast. Clear McCaskill went down in Missouri. Same wah, thing. Wah, wah. Um, she was so strong when she proud first of Jack, started. Proud of Jackie Rosen, though, taking down Dean Heller in... Um, Nevada. That was, I think, that was like an important win. And Nevada has been and Arizona still trending. And Arizona, 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 fascinatingly is like still kind of kind play. of up for grabs. Right. Um, I have been trying to get like as much up to date information as possible. Heading, heading right up to this, the most recent information I saw is that um, Kristen Cinema, who is the Democratic um, nominee in that race, was leading by like a couple thousand votes as they continued to count um, against Martha McSally, who was a Republican. And part of the reason why the Arizona race isn't isn't decided yet is because Arizona is one of the few states. Um, well, it's actually they the only state they have the highest amount of um, mail in v- ballots, like something like seventy five percent of their electorate votes by mail. Huh. Um, and then there's this like really meticulous process where they sort of like verify the person who sent in the um, the ballot with huh. like their name and that their voter. Like, it's That's, like a I, whole I process. lived in Arizona for three it takes years. A long, it takes a long time to count their ballots out huh. there. And so with 75% of the state voting by mail, it takes a minute. Um, well, you know why? I mean, it's such a, it's such a sparse state. I mean, I, I lived in a city in Arizona when I, we, after my residency, I went and did my payback to the government uh, for medical training and stuff. And, uh, like I was able to go to a, a booth and, and, and vote, you know, just as, as one regularly would. But it doesn't surprise me because so many areas of Arizona are so hard to get to that I could see that it'd be easier for people just to vote by mail. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, and something we haven't mentioned, um, there's actually one Senate seat that's like straight up still for grabs. Um, oh, yeah, there in, is. In, there's in Miss- oh, there's a runoff Mississippi. There's going right. to be a runoff between Mike Espy and um, I can't remember her first name. She was the one Hyatt, that. The, the Hyde Smith. Yeah, she um, made news this weekend, didn't she? Yeah. You want to say what she made news for? Oh, she made news this weekend because uh, she, uh, uh, the person who, I, I forget the Democratic candidate, what's his name? Um Mike Espy. Mike Espy, an African-American. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the, the the Republican candidate is a white female. Mm-hmm. And she was referring to, and I forget, I think it was a business owner or it was somebody. It, it was uh, somebody in the government that said that if he invited her to like a public hanging, she would sit in the first Jesus. row. You didn't. Look Jesus. at look it up while yeah. Why don't you look that up real quickly? Jesus. But she said that she would attend a public hanging and be in the first row if she were invited to one. So wow. I mean, this is and again, but you see, Ken, this is Kenny. This is what I'm saying. Like, like it's hard to to be a a thoughtful person, and maybe this reflects America and that we're not thoughtful. That how do you see things like this and not respond to them? Not see something like that is so overtly. Racism, I, racist. I, you know, when you see something, and I don't know. I mean, it's Mississippi, and you can make the argument Mississippi still has the Mississippi still has the Confederate flag in their in their state flag, right? You know, you see what happened in Georgia, right next door, and then and then and then right next door to that, you see what happens in Florida. You know, and 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 I think one of the things that we should definitely talk about today is how is that Florida can pass these amazing and interesting referendums 
uh, that were so progressive. Uh, you have, you know, 1.2 million voters that 1. are 1.5 million voters. Uh, so these are, are returning uh, citizens who had been incarcerated. Uh, and then you also had a, a referendum in which uh, people, uh, uh, the, the, the people in Florida rejected the use of, of oil drilling offshore. I mean, that's a huge, these are two big progressive referendums, but these are the same people that went in and pulled the levers uh, uh, for a basically a climate science denier and also a racist. And, and that's like, Florida, man. Right, that's Florida. But I, Florida. but, but Hashtag you, Florida, man. No, no, no. But, but, and this is one of the trends that, and this is one of the things that I learned uh, in one of my hot takes, my takeaways from last, last week, and, and, and that is this, that as media, we do a really, really bad job educating people what's going on and so if you think about it and look at the referendums look at the referendums here in louisiana and we'll talk about it in a second but just as an overall general consensus all of the referendums that were progressive around the country for the most part passed the medical marijuanas did the the redistricting did the homeless tax in san francisco did all of these referendums that were very progressive passed because the statewide elections were very good in 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 giving people information that they can actually make a choice as to whether or not that you know don't you know oil drilling bad in florida yes but, and okay but I would say yes and at the same time like there's no like the media that talks about Rick Scott or DeSantis is not there to say what DeSantis says is just overtly effing racist and needs to be called a racist for for that and for what he's doing. So you have people who go in and pull levers for for progressives. I got to do a quick station ID. You have people who do great, you know, who go in and pull levers for progressive causes, but then also pull levers for uh, racist candidates. If you're tuning in, you're listening to 102.3 WHIV. This is Resistance Radio. My name is Mark Allendary. Uh, with me is Kenny Francis. We are streaming live on 1230 AM WBOK. I think yes and on that. I think that the and is that gerrymandering doesn't come into play with ballot initiatives. Gerrymandering is just a popular vote. So like, yeah, the unanimous juries coalition bill will pass in Louisiana or the bill to restore voting rights to felons in Florida will pass because it's just a popular vote. Like this is why the Republicans and people on that side of the spectrum fight so hard to A, suppress the vote as much as possible and B, to chop up the votes against them as much as possible. Because, like, that is the fact. The fact is, like, if it comes to a straight, like, popular vote over time, reason and, pro- and like, progressive values, like, win out because, like, it, it, it creates equity for more people. And so people are going to generally be more in support of that. But this is, like, this is why redistricting is so important. This is why people, like, the, t- honestly, the, I think the two things that people should care about the most when it comes to elections is how are your districts drawn and like what are the rules for voting in your state because that essentially decides all of the really important elections in terms of like representation and got to give them credit the republicans figured that out like 40 years ago and the democrats are just now figuring out if you control the way the districts are written are drawn and if you control who gets to vote you control the outcome it doesn't matter what the people want and that's why you see and that's why, like, you see the, the votes go the way that they do. I think the other part about it, too, is that I think that people don't – I think that, like, what you're, you're giving people too much credit for is that they, like, whether or not Ron DeSantis's, like, abhorrent beliefs about people of color were 
spread far enough about the media. At the end of the day, the people who voted for him voted for his ideals of like, we're not going to tax you. I'm going to like no, get rid of this like welfare state. No, no, he didn't like, have anything. Andrew Gillum's a socialist who's going to bring coats. DeSantis had no, he had no, he ran on no platform. If you go to his website, there was no issues. But, you, but his issue, but what I'm saying, what he talked about was like the basic Republican thing. And like, I think that, I think that you, what you're missing here is that like people vote like that because it's, and it's not like I, do I think that like wide swaths of people are going to the voting booth being like, I actively don't care about black people. I'm going to vote for this like conservative. no, I think they're going. I think they're going. Really? No, I think that people are just going in and think. I think that I think that people are going into the ballot box and they're thinking about themselves specifically. I think that they're specifically saying that like I don't want to pay more taxes. I don't want more money. I don't want money. You're coming saying out. that you don't think that there's racist people that are going in there and voted against. You just, you just literally didn't listen to what I said. I said that. Do I think that like large swaths of America are like going into the vo- voting booth and deliberately voting for racists? No. Are there people doing that? Yes. What I think is that large swaths of this country are voting for themselves and their own personal interests for what their own personal view of what reality is. Okay. And for a lot of people, particularly those with money, particularly those who are white, that reality is I worked for what I got, me and my family slash community, and all these other welfare queens and people of color, et cetera, et cetera, are just want to like hang on to my coat sales and they need to pull themselves up by the bootstraps. And this guy is saying that he's not going to tax me He's not going to make me pay for those people's stuff that I want to pay for. And I'm going to keep that. What they're voting for is the status quo, the status quo that yes. keeps them and their yes. families yes. fed yes. and wealthy right. and I agree. exactly where their station is I agree. in society. And for people like that, on top of that, with the status quo being what it is, they still have that belief that they can even go further. Possibly. Because yes. if you're like an upper middle class, like conservative, suburban White person is like, well, if I vote, if I vote this way and it keeps the status quo and, it's, and these policies that already benefit me, keep benefiting me, one day I'll make the next jump. Right. I mean, this is why people still believe that the estate tax is going to affect yeah, them. Yeah, because you know, they be, think that, you know, well, one day one I might day, have an estate. I, I, I agree with you. I, I, I disagree. I think that there, there are more. I, I do believe that there are larger swaths of people to say what that number is is difficult to I think do. They're voting, I think, and I think those people are voting in fear. They're voting in the fear that's been created. I mean, well, it's, well, it's, that a, goes it's back a to tail. what I was saying earlier. It's a t- but I'm saying it's just an effective, it's an effective but limited tool. But I think overwhelmingly what consistently happens in this country is that people vote for the status quo that has already yes. been benefiting Yes, them. of course. And I totally agree with you on that. Let me let me ask you this, and before we swing over to the uh, to the house, swing, swing. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna, I I have 90 more minutes to try to find many ways of put swing into a sentence. Um, the Beto O'Rourke, I, I disagree with you on that. In that, uh, my take on that is that the fact that now Texas is now a playable state, whereas I think in the past close only, only close only matters in horseshoes and hand grenades. I, da, la, 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 la. The other thing I was going to say, too, is something that you and I talked about, I think about like six weeks ago, or eight weeks ago, we were talking about the idea of how there could be a very progressive wave that comes out of the South. Yeah. That, and I think and, I think I think one of the you and I were the first people that started talking about. That, I think I think I'm I think one of the possibilities more more. is like speaking of it, Mississippi. I think you look at the districts in Mississippi and the way they voted in the Senate election. It's fascinating. Mississippi's damn near blue. It's it's purple. Um, and so I'm really, really fascinated to see what happens in this runoff with Mike Espy and, um, and Hyde Smith, because I think that race is going to be a lot 
closer than folks think it is. And it has been pretty, it was pretty shocking to see how many counties t- turned blue and how many counties are just turning purple in Mississippi of all places. Um, so you could just read that if you want, because we're talking about Mississippi. Right. And so, I mean, I think, so I, th- I, th- I think, like I said, I think at the end of the day, I think it's the, what people should be finally realizing is that like, it's always been about elections and those who control the way the elections go controls the outcome. Of course. And we have allowed, all of us have allowed the people who are currently in control, some of whom are the crazies, to set up the system in a way that at least the least number of people possible can vote. And of those who can vote, their votes are diluted in, a, in ways that doesn't make elections turn out in ways that are representative of what the electorate wants. Um, and that has to change, which is, I think, again, going back to like awareness plus like all the work that needs to happen for actual change. Um, because like at the end of the day, Ted's Cruz still won Texas. Twelve and the one of the I think one of the more shocking things about that is that twelve percent of black men in Texas voted for Ted Cruz and I. Did you I, hear it was something like the zodiac like seventy percent of white women voted yeah. for Ted Cruz and you know, it's it's been written time and time and time again and white women have and continue to be the foot soldiers of the white patriarchy and it's phenomenal um, and I think it's one of the best I think one of the best unbelievable I think one of the best takes that I have. I have seen on that is that um, I saw someone wrote something that said um, that white women showed up to the white women showed up to the, the resistance hella late, made a ton of noise, took up a ton of space and took over the narrative and then still voted the same way that they always vote. We've been waiting for white women to figure out that like the patriarchy and white supremacy doesn't benefit them and hurts them as well. And to join the rest of us in the land of those with reason and those of a compassion and equity since Susie B. Anthony, who is this like hero for so many people, but everyone always forgets that Susie B. Anthony literally said that she would rather cut off her arm than to do anything to help with the, to help the Negroes right to vote. And she didn't say Negro. Like, that's Susan B. Anthony, y'all. But it was another word that started with an S and that had a couple G's in it? Yeah. Yeah, And like, and, the, and I mean, and, the, and, the, and you know, we talk about like intersectionality a lot, right? And how it, and how people need to understand that, and how it's, it's, it's. I think what we saw is like people voting the way that they have for a long time, and I think that's again, I think, I think you're right that like awareness does matter, but I think it has to be awareness plus all of the work around it. Like it's not like, it's. I think you know specifically talking about white women. It's like I would challenge if like you're a white woman listening to this is like what is your Thanksgiving speech for like your auntie and your mama and your grandma back home at Thanksgiving that like has those like problematic views still. It's not enough that like you read James Baldwin and that you read the warmth of Other, the warmth of other suns and that you read um, and you read the New Dream Crow and now your views have changed and maybe some of your friends. Are you actively having these conversations with basically everyone you know that? other people can't have that is start that's doing this work. Is that work happening at happy hour every single week? Are you sitting that like when you sit down with your Nick sisters at like your next happy hour, are you talking to the Metairie folks who voted for Steve Scalise again? Be like, Hey, could we talk about Steve Scalise for a second? Um, and so at the end of the day, that work has to happen. The awareness matter. And I think what worries me is that I think that like, and I think why I push back so hard is that what worries me is that, Awareness isn't everything. 
And like awareness without action and without the work won't change anything. And I worry that people are like, oh, well, like everyone knows this is going on. So it must change. Right. And I think that's like part of what has like frustrated me about what has I've been seeing in sort of the in like the liberal um, sort of like mindset is that people are like, oh, look, everyone knows this is going on. So it must change. People must start voting differently. Like this is going to change. And so I was like, no, like you have to keep doing the work and it's going to be a consistent long fight. They're not just going to like power doesn't power isn't given up willingly. And power is not and conceded. I think, unless and I think it's this like false idea that like just because everyone knows or like there's it's better, like readily, more readily accessible what has been going on forever that all of a sudden it's just going to change on its own. And that that's what worries me. What worries me is like that. To be real, we all took a collective deep breath and like stopped paying attention when Obama won. And we've been paying for that ever since. I have I, because people are like, oh, a black, that oh, a black a guy won. Time. So like yes. things got to be better. Right. right? And, and like we got and the all same caught thing, up in the same thing that happened with Hillary, by the way. Yeah. We got all caught up in the whole like, oh, it's a, like we I think we got all caught up in like post racial society. And like obviously at this point, that's just like a, a, a hilarious thing that people were saying. But like, I think the the point was still missed that like collectively we all were like, oh, okay, so it's fine now because like people know, and this happens. Like, no, th- those people, it's not, it's not over. It's not, it's in fact, it's never gonna be over because at the end of the day, America was founded as a predatorily capitalist, white supremacist nation, and it is, it is who we were, it is what we were founded on, is what we've always been, is who we are. And in order to change that, it's going to take consistent work by a whole lot of people over generations to change who we've been for the last 241 years. Yeah, 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 you're right. I mean, it's going to take a lot of radical thinking and a lot of grassroots. And 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 the just to kind of remind you where that that uh, rant just came from, and it came from me just saying that that we put we put Texas in play. And, and we did. And I think that we put Florida in play and we possibly put Georgia in play. I, I hear you. Only I, if the work continues. Yes. And Only it, if the it's, work continues. Listen, all of this work is from, uh, is from community activists, okay, and grassroots activists. And for all of you out there that are grassroots activists and community activists, I know the work is hard. It's hard to get up every day and just keep getting punched in the face. But the, the, I, I really do believe that last week was, I, I, it was a gut punch to me. On Tuesday night, I went to bed sick to my stomach. I woke up on Wednesday morning. And when you were texting me and you were like, how are you doing? I'm like, I can't talk now because I was still trying to process. I still believe that there was a, a big step forward. I, I'm still fearful that 2020 is going to go the way of Trump because he has effectively used that that pulpit to get around and and stoke up the fear in people and I and I'm afraid of that and I don't I'm afraid the Democratic Party is not going to stand up to that. Well, they got to come I, up with something I, better than fear at the end of the day. They, they, they come up with absolutely than right. And 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 I and bite my tongue for giving Nancy Pelosi credit because I think that and I will say this I I don't think she's the right person but I think that she, right now in this situation. She is the best tool that there is right now, and if 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 they are going to put uh, a platform together that is one that really speaks to uh, a, a political activism or at least to to populism, 
I guess that's probably the better word that I'm looking for. Uh, and, and something that really speaks to social, economic, environmental, and racial justice then I think if anybody can do it, it would be Nancy Pelosi at this point. I just don't think the Democratic Party is there. I don't believe that they're there. I think that they're paid to be losers to the Republican Party that are winners, and they're always used to winning because they come from a discipline of winning. They're business people. They're wealthy businessmen. Men, they're businessmen. That's what they are. They're wealthy businessmen, and they're used to putting their thumb on the scales of whatever it is that they're doing to win and so that things are always going to be in their favor. And they are ruthless, and they don't care about governing. They don't care about democracy. They don't care about at least the the, the positive principles that this country was founded on. What they do care about is what the negative principles are that this country was founded on. That was white patriarchal power and infrastructure. And that's it, period. This country was built, was stolen from the land of First Nation peoples, was built, it became an economic engine built on the backs of black people and continually have been... Uh, uh, fixing the, the system uh, against uh, uh, communities of color uh, and uh, it, with respect to economic engines, with respect to uh, communities. Uh, and what we've seen in the last couple weeks, last couple months, last couple years has been this naked uh, grab for power by removing votes uh, and uh, by fixing the game uh, and fixing a system a system that was supposed to be. Do you know what that the 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 uh, um, the secretary the um, I just had it in my head a second ago. Uh, the who does the foreign service? The secretary of state. If the um, if the secretary of state were to go and if we had elections, if elections like what we just had were held in another country, the secretary of state would be very suspect to. Uh, consider it fair elections. That's how bad things have gotten at this point. This is one two point three WHIV. Let's let's swing over. Uh, I, I to, mean, I will I will say that like that's, I mean, it's on us at the end of the day, right? It's we let these people come into power. Yes, it's on us. And it only, is. They've only done. But it was exactly on us because they, they've only done exactly what they said they were going to do. Yes. I mean, no, 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 no. That's where I disagree with you. That's where I disagree with you. And this is why, you know, and this is something I think I talked about a couple of weeks ago, is that we need to demand honesty from the politicians. For example, they say, we're going to provide health care for you. But in the end, they're actually going to, they're going to renege on Obamacare, right? I mean, they, 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 they're, they're constantly making, I mean, if you are going to be a, a, a GOP politician, if you're a Republican politician, and you really are, you really care about is really... Uh, making sure that you are going to stand up for your donors and not your population, then you need to stand up and say that. And it's never going to happen. Okay. What? No. I what but, I'm saying. What I'm saying is that like they've come into power and they have just been who who they've never pretended not to be. The majority of these folks ran on. Like, they so, run on sti- populism. So, so like sticking with sticking with the healthcare thing. They half of them ran on. We're going to go come in and we're going to repeal Obamacare. And they said, quote unquote, we're going to like. Make they sure, were going to repeal and replace. And they were going to make sure that replace only became a narrative after it wasn't. Okay, but that's still repeal, the it? point. But the point, my point is that like they came in and they basically did exactly what they said they did. They said they were going to try to repeal Obamacare. And they said that they wanted to make sure that people had health care. What they were actually saying is they wanted to go back to the way things were, where only the people who could afford it 
could have health care and everybody else is just screwed. That's exactly what they've been trying to do. I, I understand. Like they consistently. But Kenny, they're couching it in terms that make it seem like for you and I, we live and breathe and, and, and talk this on a regular basis. This is part of our psyche. This is our job. Okay. But for people who are working, you know, seven bucks and fifty seven bucks and fifty cents an hour, there's no time to be sitting and focusing and pondering on 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 politics, right? And so when you hear this messaging, or if your job's been shipped around, shipped out, if you're a coal miner and you there's no more coal to mine or, or what have you, that when you hear, oh, we're gonna uh, repeal Obamacare, the the job killing Obamacare, the 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 government government run healthcare, sticking with the healthcare. Uh, idea here that the, the way that the, they're not being honest I, they're honest because you and I can hear the dog whistles we can hear the, the dishonesty we can hear what they're really getting to but the messaging that they have is always populist messaging it's always populist messaging yeah I mean the messaging is always like this other person's getting something so you're not getting it. well uh, then there's of course there's that's that, all, that that's, too. that's that's like the, the genesis we have five minutes and then we're gonna we're gonna wrap up the show so that no we have to no, no, let's, I know. I know you said you wanted to do the, do the bigger. Like we have so much to go through. I think we should just keep going. Okay, okay, like okay, okay. okay we right, haven't right. even gotten through half of the, the okay. federal stuff. All right, all right. Mostly because you keep ranting. Uh, dude, if you wanted to do a <laughs> word count, <laughs> you are three times my word count. Okay. Um, and you so can, uh, if you agree ra- with that, so info at whivfm.org. To wrap up the Senate, um, the Republicans kept the majority in the Senate. Um, there is two races essentially that are still out there. Um, the Arizona race, which is currently looking like it's going to go Kristen Sinema's way, so that might and go she's not great Democrat. Um, she's she is part of the LGBT and community, then, um, but she's not great. And then you've got Mike Espy running against um, Hyde Smith in Mississippi. That runoff is going to be happening December fourth. And so, did you look up what I did? You so look then, that up? What I was just saying. Yeah. And then, um, and so then that's. So maybe what, what that means is that they keep the Senate. That means the confirmations, et cetera, which is why Trump fired the Cuba elf because he still has the Senate to confirm a new um, um, attorney general. Um, and so Trump will still get to do his confirmations if hopefully, I mean, if RBG, if you need a, if you need a rib, you can have any of mine because you cannot retire because then Trump will get another Supreme Court justice. And then it will be at seven three. She uh, apparently she's hired interns out to twenty seven two. Did you hear that she's hired yes. interns out to twenty twenty? She needs to stay. She no, needs no, no. To, but she's she's hope. she's hired interns, and she's been. I guess there's a process by which interns are hired. So she's got interns that are scheduled to come until twenty twenty. So moving on to the house, um, I'm not going to get too wonky with this and talking about specific races. Sort of essentially what happened is. The House before this election was a Republican majority. It was 235 Republicans to 193 Democrats. The House now looks like the, the Democrats picked up 32 seats. It's now 227 Democrats to 199 Republicans. What that means is the government is split. Um, and so the, the House is going to be able to block a lot of things that the Senate tries to do and vice versa. And so we're everyone, most people are expecting a gridlock to happen politically and legislatively for the next couple of years. Unless this, you know, unless bipartisanship breaks out, which, which is never good for us. Bipartisanship is another way of just saying that the Democrats are going to just fold. uh, Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Watch watch your wallets anytime you hear bipartisanship. Here's what I think is important, though. I think what is important about the Democrats taking the House is that 
I think that the one thing that is a huge positive about this election is that there will now be some sort of check on the Trump administration and the open corruption that Trump and his um, cabinet heads have engaged in that the Republicans have refused to investigate or hold them accountable for. I mean, do you think that because they're going to really like subject themselves? Like, I mean, you've I, got, I mean, the you, courts got, right now have so many federal judges that have been appointed but you've by got, you've Bush got, and by Trump. You've got Maxine Waters now running the, um, uh, the financial oversight committee. Uh, you've yes. got, um, I, Cummings, you got uh, Elijah Cummings, Elijah Cummings, you got right. Elijah Cummings in, in a oversight committee right. position of power. You've got Adam Schiff, who is brilliant in the position of power. So, I mean, big eye roll, but yes, I, he's smarter than us. Oh, I'm he's, a he's lot of smarter people than are. us. Wow. He's, um, so, so I mean, you, you have people, you have people who genuinely care about holding this administration accountable to open corruption. So, I mean, we're not going to see things like, well, I mean, it's not that we're not going to see it, but we're going to see people trying to do something about things like Scott Pruitt trying to buy a $9 million door on the taxpayer dollar or use, a military plane to like go on a trip with his wife or any like insert any of the other things that all of the cabinet secretaries have been doing that people have sort of just been sweeping on a rug and saying it's not that big of a deal. That stuff's not going to fly anymore because they're going to be getting subpoenaed left and right if they're doing that. And that again, that that's assuming again that this is politics is normal. I don't, I think that what we are going to see moving forward is we're going to see an unprecedented amount of politics not as normal. I think you're going to see a lot of, because you see, the politics as normal works great when the Democrats are in charge and the Republicans as a minority party are able to just force things to come up and the Democratic, the Democratic Party will respond, Democrats will respond. But I think moving forward is that now that the Democrats are in the minority party, the Republicans are just going to ignore a lot of it. And they're going to be like, what are you going to do? I, I, I do not believe, I mean, I hear you on this and I've heard and I've read a lot of people the, uh, say the same thing and that there's going to be oversight and there's going to be this and there's going to be that or whatever. But I think that when Trump says uh, that I will, uh, if you go in after my taxes, I will start doing hearings on you. They still have the Senate. They could still do hearings. And I think that that's a very effective fear. I, 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 it's a very effective method. I think that that if you start putting your political uh, opponents in prison, which I think he is willing to do, i.e. lock her up, lock her up, I, I do not think he will not do that. I think that it is a possibility that it will happen. I just don't think it's politics as normal. So I, I for one... I mean, it hasn't been since I, we elected Donald Trump. I, I for one, am the, the cynical voice in this conversation. Usually you're the cynical voice and I'm the optimistic one. But this is the one time where I really feel moving forward... I hear you. I've read many, many commentaries and people who are a lot smarter than me say the same thing that you just said. But the one place that I just am continually concerned about is that this is just not politics is normal. And to be honest with you, I think they're going to have hearings. I think people are just not going to show up. I don't think people are going to really care. I don't think they're going to really do it because what are you going to do in the end? I mean, what are you going to do? You now, I mean, we first of all, think about this. Think about this. He fired he fired Sessions. I mean, of course, we're beyond the, if Obama did that, what would, you know, be the scandal of a lifetime, you know, because he's trying to obstruct justice because he wants this guy, what's this guy's name who he brought in, McMillan or? 
Oh, I can't remember his name. Yeah, like this guy he brings the in. Chief. I mean, I think it's really bad that we're at the point where like it's like the chief of staff of the chief of staff. It's no, just, it was the chief of staff. Like it was it was no no no. It was Sessions' chief of staff. It was oh. Sessions' chief of staff. But this guy is being investigated. Did you hear about this? He was investigated because he was uh, on the board of directors, or he was the CEO of a company that basically uh, that bilked uh, veterans out of life savings because of just some corrupt. Nice. I mean, it's just he's a McMillan. Nice. I think his name is. He's a horrible person, right? And this guy basically went on Fox News, and they were basically, I read a story that was the anatomy of how an attorney general gets picked. This guy basically was groomed to go on Fox News repeatedly and to write articles, basically trying to get Trump's attention, because that's how Trump gets his attention now, is people are going to go on TV, and he's going to basically be saying, oh, this is a witch hunt, this is a witch hunt, you know, there should be no reason. If I were there, you know what I would do? I would completely defund Mueller's Mueller's uh, investigation, and then this way you are uh, not going to be seen as firing Mueller. Uh, he basically laid out the blueprints for Trump as to how to go about doing this, and this is happening nakedly in front of all of our eyes. And where is the collective outcry? It was nice on Thursday that there were some people out on the streets, and that happened not only just here; it happened in Metairie. It didn't just happen in Louisiana; it happened around the country, and to a certain degree, it happened in different parts around the world. There were people that were protesting around the world think about that protesters around the world can you imagine going out and protesting for film the Erdogan or for uh, the guy in the Philippines I can't think of his name right now it's Dorte Dorte, thank you so what happened with the firing of Sessions and trust me I have no love for Jefferson Beauregard Sessions the third and I actually take a little bit of, of happiness to, to to ponder that that man could have died a happy man because he would have had that Senate seat for Forever. life. Forever. He would have had that Senate seat. And he got plucked out of that Senate seat that now is being held. His that. seat is now being held by a Democrat. A Democrat who no less put three Ku Klux Klan members in jail for the infamous bombing uh, in... Uh, I think it was in Montgomery. It was the church on Montgomery where the three three little girls died. Four, Four little girls died. Um, so and and that's who's in Jefferson Beauregard Sessions the third seat now. That man gets put to an attorney general. And just like uh, the, did you see the SNL this weekend? I put the gays. You know, I was against, I was against the gays, and I put ch- little children in 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 cages. Right. I mean, that was such a great way of summarizing his. Uh, tenure as attorney general and he still got fired I don't think it's politics is normal I think that I think that we are going to see we're going to this country is I think it's just gonna be gridlock I don't think I I think that we're gonna get nothing done which is why I think it's important that people pay attention to what's going on in their states well then yes there's that I think nothing's gonna get done I think they're gonna argue and argue and argue the Democrats are gonna I think basically what's gonna happen is for the next two years the Democrats are going to try to their legislative plan is going to be investigations, and I think that's, that's I think that's a, a huge mistake. I think a huge mistake. Huge, I think mistake. huge mistake. I think that like the Republicans don't really have any other ideas, and so I think what we're going to see is gridlock. If you're tuning in, this is 102.3 WHIV. You are listening to a very special episode of Resistance Radio. This is a two-hour episode of Resistance Radio. I am Mark Allendary. That's Kenny Francis. Uh, thank you very much to Mark Parody. 
uh, as well as Wade Burnham. Mark Parody has his uh, Mega Music Monday shows that go from uh, 7 o'clock to 9. Mark's show will be from 8 to 10 tonight. And then the Super Sounds of Someday are going to be uh, aired tonight uh, from 9 to 11. If you're tuning in to hear Mark's show, Mark will be on air at 8 o'clock. This is a special episode of Resistance Radio. We're doing two hours where we're really kind of breaking down the uh, electoral uh, results. Is there anything I, more I, I on the federal? I want, say, I want to say one more thing about Congress before we move to the governorships. Um, I don't know if I want to say this is like a positive thing. I, I think that like, I think that I think the thing that is should, I think what what's gonna what's gonna happen in Congress? I think is like I said. I think that we're gonna be at gridlock for the next couple of years. And like I know this is gonna sound strange. But in sort of like a perverse way of like where we are, that is kind of a good thing because at least it's going to be a slowdown of what was just like a litany of things that were getting passed through. And it's going to be a lot harder to pass these awful policies. It's going to be a lot harder to pass another tax break, which were, which they were already getting up, getting, gearing up to try to do. It's going to be a lot harder to keep stripping away people's rights with legislation being passed. And I think, you know, we've like... The, the, I, you know the way the way I see this is like this election to me feels like we have like a like huge open wound that's like bleeding profusely and like we got some gauze and it's not better and we're not going to be fine and like it's might still be terrible we might need to go like go to the hospital but like there's like gauze in the wound is it enough gauze we'll see but like at least there's the flood is being there is being stopped somewhat it's being slowed it's in no way what it should be it's not being turned around it's not being flat out stopped but at least it's at least it's not just like a clear runway to just turn us into gilead i think that and that's a, and that's and that's a very like sobering and like very depressing reality but it's better than it's it is objectively better than them still controlling having complete control of the government. It is still objectively better than that. Yes. Yes. I yes. I I, I will say, I will say this and and let's move to the governorships so we can get to the state. That we need more radicals running. We need more activists running uh, because I think that the voice of radicals, the voice of activists uh, are are the voices of the people and I think those are those are the folks that won their races. And again, when you look at the senatorial races, you look at Beto, who ran, I wouldn't quite call him a radical, but he certainly was as close to a populist as you're going to get. He closed a huge gap. I don't know if you heard the story of Richard Ojeda, who was the, uh, um, uh, he was running in West Virginia in a, in a plus like 40 R district. I mean, it, it, Trump won. Uh, plus 40, he reduced that gap to like a plus 13 or maybe it was like a plus seven or something that was a plus R. I mean, he reduced that gap significantly and he, and he announced his presidency today. I don't know if you saw that today. He announced his presidency today and he's that, yeah, you'll know my name, Richard Ojeda. And he, he, that's a radical. And I think that when we start seeing voices like that, when you start seeing more of the Ocasio-Cortezes or you start seeing people who are representing communities that they really come from, and I really am looking and really have my, my hopes and heart set on these women, excuse me, that have come in that are, that are Islamic 
or that represent LGBT communities uh, or that are uh, coming from communities of color. Uh, Massachusetts is sending its first black woman. Bunch of women getting elected. Right. Bunch I of mean, black it's, women it's, it's yeah. insane. There's so here, and here's the other thing too, and I will let's let's move to the states after or the governor after this is that Texas voted in 19 black judges, women judges, right? So I mean, so the down ticket effect yeah. of of uh, Beto O'Rourke and it matters. That matters. that matters in a big matter. big way because it, it, I agree with you and and I and I maybe disagree with the way that you say it and I disagree with the the verbiage but I think and the way you say it but I think that you're right that awareness plus action is what really makes uh, uh, what 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 effectuates sustained change action. yes sustained action. right effectuates change. Okay, and I'm with you on that, and and uh, but I think that the awareness is incredibly important. I think before you get to uh, action, there needs to be an awareness. I guess like, and I, I do want to make one final point of that okay. before I force and then, us to go. And then, yeah, I'm, done. Like, I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. I guess I'm like done. the simplest way I can say this is oh, look at this. The sim- read that. Did, oh yeah. So as, read this like, li- like live as we're sitting here, interrupting myself here. <laughs> it's just been announced that Kristen Cinema is the winner in Arizona. Um, and so she did win that seat. So now updating that count, it is going to it is 47 Democrats and 52 Republicans. And the last seat still up for grabs is the seat in Mississippi between um, Mike Espy and Hyde Smith. Um, the last thing I want to say about that, that to, to put what I was trying to say in like the simplest way I can put it, is that I think that like it's something that a lot of people say there's like nothing revolutionary or like special about what I'm about to say. It's just I think people need to consistently hear it. Change and progress comes from what that looks like. That looks like the People's Assembly meetings happening every month. That looks like the hospitality workers meetings happen every month. That looks like the consistent, everyday organizing, fighting for more equity on your local, state, and federal level. It's a consistent, sustained progress, a consistent, sustained work. What it doesn't look like is the Women's March. What it doesn't look like is a one-time rally of like 10,000 people showing up to hear Beto Rock talking. What it looks like is all those 10,000 people knocking on every single one of their neighbor's doors like every day, talking to them about how Ted Cruz is like directly hurting their lives and their interests. That's what it looks like. And I think this performative activism that has become the like du jour and like cool and like popular in social media isn't what gets this done. What gets this done is the stuff that is all the work in between that happens every day that you don't see that needs to consistently happen over and over and over again, frankly, until the end of time. And it sounds daunting because it is. Because what we're fighting, as I said before, is what we're fighting is the true face of America. I think that like there's, I think the one thing that is an awareness that folks are finally starting to get to that you are right about is that I think previously people felt like America had turned into this like monster that we didn't recognize when the rest of us who have been being terrorized by this monster since its inception is like, no, America is a monster. The reason why this is so hard is because we're trying to change it and have been trying to change it from that monster into something that is vaguely human. Yeah, I mean, you made me think of that uh, ridiculous video that uh, one of the Kardashian sisters did, where she gave the 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 cop a coke. Did Did you see? No. 
Oh no, no, no yeah, 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 no. The um, Jenner or whatever. The Kylie Jenner thing where she like gives the cop a code. Where they're yeah, all yeah. they're all in the streets yeah. protesting. Yeah, it's so ridiculous. It's, <laughs> and it's like it's exactly what I'm talking about. That's yeah. right. That's um. All right. So on that point talk, of levity. So let's about, swung over to the swung over. <laughs> talking about the governorships. So in the governorships, there was actual like very good news. So before this election, there were 16 Democratic governors. There were 33 Republican governors and one Green Party governor. Can you give us a civics lesson on the importance of the governorships and the houses and the yeah, di- and the I mean, districts and the importance so, of what's happening in 2020? I think that like what I think it, there's so many things that's so important about your state government. I think if I had to do sort of like a highlights of what's like the most important things is that the state governments are where every like good or bad bill you've ever heard of was germinated. It originated in some state government the state government is where bills are written or they're tested and they work through the state houses and they see how they work out in its states and then that's how like national policies gain traction so you know everyone you know everyone was sort of like up in arms about like the muslim ban or or before it like the show me your papers laws all of these like awful like you can name any like awful law you've ever heard of on a national level every one of those started in some state house it started with some like state legislator saying, I have this idea that I'm going to like test in this committee that goes through their house, that goes through their Senate, that may or may not get implemented. And then someone else picks it up, whether it's like the Heritage Foundation or Alec. Or, What's the shoot to kill one? Or the did you say that one? Um, stand your ground. All of those things, all those things started in the state house. Um, and so and it's the same thing. All of the positive bills you've ever heard of also started there. So it, it is essentially it is the. Our state government is the nursery of our democracy. It's the, it's the testing ground. Yeah, it's an, it's it's where our democracy is sort of like everything gets tested out, and it's also the same thing with the legislators. Every like awful or great legislator you've heard of generally came from having some sort of like state senate or state um, congress seat. Um, Chris Kobach came up through their this Kansas Senate and all the awful ideas he had, and look how far he got. Um, and so. You know, we always say this, and it's such it's such like a cliche, but it's so true. All politics is local. Your local politics, and and I've been sort of like on this train my whole life of saying this is like your local politics that's happening in your city, in your state, and your and and your governor's mansion will a hundred percent of the time affect your life and the moving forward and currently so much more than anything that's happening at the federal level. We get so obsessed with the federal government. We get so obsessed with the national news around politics is and we like don't pay attention to what's happening right in our in our backyard the tea party and the people of their ilk didn't take over the country in the in the the 2010 wave against obama they took over the country when they got the state houses when they got governorships in 2009 that's like that's where that's where this all started changing. and to be clear they we the democratic party turned over a thousand uh, state legislative seats yeah. over the course of the last couple of years, that, including that the governorship. And that lot. matters a whole lot because also in that 2010 election, what the Republicans had their eye on in which the non-Republicans, the Democratic Party didn't have their eye on was the fact that those 2010 elections were going to be able to be redistricted. Yep. And that's where the gerrymandering and that's where the whole happened. Game was, and that's where right. the whole game was lost. Um, and so to the point you're making... We're about to come up another census, which means there's going to be redistricting again. It is, I cannot overstate the importance that people of reason are in control of how these districts are drawn because it will decide 
how our democracy functions for at least the next 10 years and the effects of the decisions that are made during that time of whoever gets elected in those 10 years is generations of effect in our country. So it's not, I don't think it, I don't think it would be a hyperbolic statement to say that for a lot of people in this country, it will be like the, the way politics and the way like the direction our country is going to go for the rest of their lifetime is going to be decided in the next 18 months between the state elections and who gets to redraw the districts and the way those districts are drawn. I don't, I don't think that's a hyperbolic statement because then everything else comes from that, as we've seen time and time and time again with how these votes go. Um, so with that, looking at the way the governorships were before, it was 16 Democratic governors and 33 Republican governors and one Green Party governor. After this round of elections, we are now at... 20 we're at 26 republican governors and 23 democratic governors so that's the democrats picked up seven governorships um some pretty some pretty important ones that happened um shout out to laura kelly taking down chris kobach we just mentioned him in kansas despite chris kobach's best efforts to suppress, suppress the, vote, the vote he was he the lost. secretary of state that, in that, kansas. Was a, that was a big loss for the Republicans, another big loss for the for the Republicans is bye bye Scott Walker in Wisconsin. Happy to see Tony, him go. And Tony how about Everson and LePage Le in Maine? LePage in Maine that was was was, uh, was gone as well. But can we just quickly go back to Quebec? Yeah. I just want to just be very clear about it. What a terrible, terrible person Chris Kobac is. I, I don't believe in hell, but if there was, there would be a special place in hell for the ilks and the likes of Chris Kobacs in this world because Chris Kobach, without question, was the architect. Uh, well, I would hate to say the architect of voter suppression. I think that gives him more credit than he deserves. But he certainly was, he, he built on a very strong foundation that already existed of voter suppression. He was right there. He did it on a national level. And he got laughed out of the federal government because of the so-called voter suppression, or the, the, what was the commission they put together that oh, showed the, the voter integrity, voting integrity, something. whatever, right. They, they couldn't come up with one case, of course. And these tweets that you saw this morning, that were so goddamn embarrassing of of just infuriated me Be between the fires that happened in California and the tweets that he did on that and then, then this morning when he was like oh we need to stop the election immediately stop stop counting the votes immediately because the fake votes and new votes and all this stuff and anyway all of that was done by Chris Kobach and Chris Kobach like George like like Kemp uh, in Georgia was the Secretary of State and was able to ran for office as secretary of state did not recruit recuse himself so one thing you can give sessions credit for was at least sessions recused himself did the most basic i mean that's where we are in america where we have to give people credit for the most basic of actions but kobach did not recuse himself and bye bye kobach you are gone you embarrassing embarrassing human being like kenny said scott walker bye bye just a, a union busting thug. I'm gonna not let us. I'm gonna make an executive decision here and not let us get into Gillum and and Abrams for more than like a minute because I still want to talk about um, a bunch of the ballot initiatives, initiatives that were on the ballot and I want the whole like soliloquy I just did about voting logo. We haven't in any way gotten to like what happened here in Louisiana and I want to spend at least the last half an hour just even talking about that. Um, as 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 and I'm sure and also everyone's reading it the. The governor's race in um, Georgia between Brian Kemp and Stacey Abrams 
was marked by a lot of like racist dog whistles and a lot of really awful voter suppression. Brian Kemp is another one who was the Secretary of State for the race that he was running in and refused to recuse himself and engaged in some really, really awful voter suppression in Georgia. And it's looking like it worked. Currently, there's a loss. There's a federal lawsuit um, that was raised by the Abrams campaign to do a recount. Um, what, there's counter lawsuits. What they're, what they're hoping is that with the recount that he'll be taken under that 50 um, percent, 50 plus one threshold, because in Georgia, in Georgia, it would be a runoff if um, neither candidate gets at least 50 plus one of the vote. Currently, then the, the, that was what, what happened. But we'll see what happens with these lawsuits in Florida. Um, there, there's like a lawsuit around re- around um, counting all the ballots. Rick Scott put um, a lawsuit out to stop so counting. I mean, so I mean, we'll we'll see what happens there. Um, and and just to be and 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 because we're not at a minute because I'm looking at the clock, so we still have a, we yeah. still. Um, Kenny predicts uh, uh, that uh, not only is uh, uh, um, you said Gillum is going to lose and Stacey Abrams is going to lose, and I just want to be on record to say that I hope Kenny's wrong. Me too. Uh, I on, hope I'm wrong on, too. On this. I and do. I, there is a small, small glimmer of hope. I think it's so important for, for Miss Stacey uh, Abrams to win and for, uh, and, and for Andrew Gillum uh, to, to win. I think it would send, uh, send some very strong messages. The, the, if they did win though, the crying that oh, we're going to Lord. hear the crying that we're going to hear. I mean, you know what's going to happen. It's going to work. This way, if it's they gonna do win, work. it's going to go to Supreme, Supreme Court. Yes, it but, is going to go to oh, Supreme wait. Court. Right. So it's just, it, but these are important because I think these are the things that lead to what your point is, sustained action, is that there needs to be an awareness that occurs that then goes to sustained action that's going to lead or that's going to effectuate change. And I do believe that. All right. Um, so, moving, so moving to the nationwide ballot, there's actually some really fascinating things that were getting, you and you alluded to this earlier that were being voted on um, at a state on state constitutional level. So just like sort of like an overview of some of them, and then I want to spend like a good chunk of time talking about redistricting because there's a bunch of amendments on the ballot in a couple of states related to that. Um, in Florida, as a lot of people have heard, there was a ballot amendment four um, that amended the Florida Constitution that restored rights to um, formerly incarcerated felons. Um, which is going to restore the right to vote for 1.5 million people in Florida. That is a big deal. That is not a small thing. Another thing that is a big deal is that here in Louisiana, we passed um, Constitution Amendment 2, which we have talked at ad nauseum here on this show, um, which, is, which, is, which, is, which is establishing unanimous juries as the bar for conviction in a felony case in Louisiana, and we have finally joined the rest of the free world besides right. Oregon. Besides Oregon. Um, and doing so we're 49 um, and that is going to be a huge 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 effect on our criminal justice system here in Louisiana um, the unanim- the non-unanimous juries um, previous law is an enormous reason why we were for such a long time leading the world in incarceration and so it, it is unmitigated progress there's like no like um, sure caveats. there's it. no there's no caveats that caveats to that that is progress um, a couple other things that happened is there were gradual minimum wage raises approved in Missouri and, Ar- and Arkansas. Um, Pathetic. Recreational marijuana was passed in Michigan, but it failed in North Dakota. Um, Medicaid expansion was was approved in Idaho, Nebraska, Utah, and Montana. Brief note about that. I just found it fascinating that these like deep red states who fought Obamacare and fought the Medicaid expansion tooth and nail for so long 
now that it, just, it and after it happened are now like wait this is like we should do this well, this is like a I mean, so that, so that, that's, that leads back to the point that I was making earlier, which is that when it, when referendums are passed by people, they're far more progressive than what politicians do. Politicians are going to halt the progress. I mean, if you look at, if you look at the most progressive state in the country, which is also the fifth greatest economy in the world, which is California, we would be doing far, far better, right? We'd be creating more jobs. We'd be doing all the things that 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 we hear that we do. But the Republicans, and especially in the Deep South, who just don't know how to govern and don't don't care about governing at all, and they will stop people from uh, getting the the health care that obviously is deserved. And as I have said many, many times, Americans are uniquely identified. Uh, or characterized by always voting against their own interest. And they vote for politicians that do bad things to them. But when they put referendums on statewide bills, they tend to be progressive. And that gives me the slightest bit of hope. It gives me a glimmer of hope. It really yeah, does. That's fair. Um, there was also some like not great things. Um, looking at you, Alabama, West Virginia... Um, Alabama approved the change to the Constitution restricting abortions. In Alabama, it says they now are officially, they now officially recognize the rights of unborn children, and unborn children have rights. And it's essentially like a setup for they're essentially planning for if slash when Roe v. Wade gets overturned, and then and abortion rights goes back to the states that they will have like the basis in their Constitution to outright uh, to outright um, outlaw it, and that's. Terrible. Louisiana not, not has has that law in the books um, as well. West Virginia um, passed it, passed a similar constitutional amendment. I mean, yeah, that's 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 bad. It's just bad. It's not a good thing. Um, a, a very interesting one out in Washington State. There was a proposed carbon tax that was going to gradually continually um, tax companies based on their carbon emissions over time, leading up to like a pretty hefty tax by like twenty. <laughs> I think it was 2030 that actually failed out there. Um, they successfully fought that. I know that you've said previously that you think it's like too late for measures like that. I think like it's that. too late. I think it's too little too late. And it wasn't the progressives that won that. It wasn't the folks that were like super progressive. Uh, it was basically big oil was able to fight that. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, that's disappointing. But like, I think maybe to your point, like it's, it's probably too late to be do that for things like a carbon tax. No, I mean, it's just like what you were saying earlier about the the modified or the gradual wage increases. I mean, we're t- I mean, first of all, the state of Louisiana what rejected like a eleven dollar an hour increase by twenty thirty. You know, and and so some of these states were, were increasing minimum wage to eleven dollars that were gonna that were gonna happen in like twenty twenty two or something, and they still got. You know, it's ridiculous. I mean, but it also goes against that that wisdom, and it probably is because people just don't know how to market it, or not market it, don't know how to, uh, uh, don't know how to um, say. Uh, and now I'm speechless because I can't figure out what it is I'm trying to say. They don't know how to uh, get their message out, which is essentially. We're talking about a minimum wage that's going to go up. How do you get that message wrong? I mean, you really, again, the Democratic Party somehow managed once again to snatch victory, right, from from the jaws of defeat, right? I, it like, or no, no, snatch defeat from the jaws of victory. Like, it just seems that 
we need a third party in this country. We need a third party in this country. We need a third party in this country that is not corrupt. I have to respond to that now. <laughs> Please, and if you respond, don't say anything about vaccinations I, and I, stuff. So okay, I, like be be intellectually honest. Okay, don't talk about anti-vaxxers. I like. I cannot get behind this whole like the third party is the answer to all of our problems. I'm not saying it's an answer to all of our problems. At the I end of the day, that. money in politics is the problem. That another, is agreed. Another corporately agreed. run party is just going to create. I didn't. I, I just gonna, said that was a third party so, okay. that was not going to so be. So then, so then the thing is that like why? So like I guess my question to you is like what does a third party do in a reality where Citizens United decision is still the way it is? Because all that's going to happen. Ocasio Cortez and really, Beto O'Rourke did not take any super PAC money. Yeah, and they're and they are they are isolated examples that are are not very replicable. What about Bernie Sanders? That's not an isolated. He is an isolated. So example. now I've just given you three off the top of my head. What, compared to what five hundred thirty-five people in Congress? Okay, but it's still so five hundred and thirty. It's, it's, it's still possible. Five hundred thirty-two of them didn't get elected that it's way. It's still possible. You know what? I, I mean, there's no, no, no. There's a, there was like something like 30, 30, uh, a house of represent, uh, 30 people who were in the house of representatives that did not here's, take any corporate money. Here's my point. The, all the social, my, my, uh, the justice my, Democrats my did point not take is, it. If we Ro get Connor didn't if take we, money. If we get Citizens United overturned, then we can talk about third parties. Okay. Just, until, until dark money gets taken out of politics and until politics is run by, by large super PACs and corporate interests, it doesn't matter what the name on the party is it doesn't matter rokana didn't uh didn't take money there's there was something like almost 30 there's still th the absurd minority mark Allen. okay there's i know still the absurd minority I, you're but like i but i'm just the point that i'm making is the that the, the democratic point you're making party is essentially pointing is out corrupt the and no one's disagreeing with that okay. and what i'm saying is that a third party let's call it the mark allen let's call it the green party let's call it the okay the green party would be just as corrupt as the Democratic in this system, yes, yeah, okay. it would be just as corrupt uh, as the Democrat. I, I agree and the that, Republicans. I agree that in it, our current system, I agree that it had the, so this it idea has the potential of doing the, so. So this idea that a third party would make everything better is a false one. And, and we are the only Demo we are the only Democratic country in the world that has two parties. All other countries do not run on a duopoly. There's multiple parties, not even Democratic, even partial Democratic countries have have more than two parties. OK, I mean, we are the, the we are the exception like that, Kenny. You can't sit and argue with me on the fact that I, I agree that the system we have now is deeply corrupt. It's deeply, deeply corrupt. That's why I want a third party that will not be corrupt. It is How possible. It, it is possible to have uncorruptible people run. It is possible to do so. Okay, but right now the way the system is that right now the way the system is that you have two parties that are deeply corrupt. One very very corrupt, the other one very corrupt. Okay, but still both incredibly corrupt. I just the, the only way you are going to get the Democratic Party to do anything is for them to feel pressure. They don't feel any pressure. You know why? Because we have no other choice. They know they can do whatever they want to do. Remember, President Obama at one point was going to do the grand bargain. Do you remember what the grand bargain was? It was to privatize Medicare and Social Security. He was giving that to the Republican Party. That was the grand bargain. And you know who, 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 who said no? It was the effing Tea Party who just got into office because they wanted more and they killed the grand bargain. They killed the grand bargain. Luckily for him, it was the Tea Party that saved him.
Okay? It, there's corruptions on both sides. And there will be corruptions on a third side without systemic change we with have, how our elections we work. We have a half hour left. Like, I, think, I think you're living in a dream We have a half hour that, left. I think, I think you're living, okay. living in the dream land we if have you think left. that like that a third party wouldn't be just as corrupt as I the think other that, I think that a third party that was dedicated to not being corrupt is possible. Okay? We have, we have folks that run in the Democratic Party that do not take corporate money. What world are you living in, man? Just finish what off. Country, we have, we have country, a, what country we have a half in? hour left. By the way, uh, you are listening to 102.3 WHIV. Uh, the most political brilliant mind right here is Mark Allendary. Kenny Francis is struggling to keep up. <laughs> and I appreciate that he does. Uh, in all honesty, uh, we are streaming uh, on uh, WBOK. Thank you uh, for uh, that stream for happening. Also, I just want to give uh, Mark Parody a great, a huge thank you if you are tuning in, listening uh in on uh the um mega music monday uh mark has given us his hour he will be uh, uh broadcasting from eight to ten and then wade burnham with super sounds uh, someday will be broadcasting from 10 to midnight there there was uh so moving on to redistricting there was a couple of um in colorado michigan missouri and utah there were four there those for those four places there were redistricting amendments added to their constitutions um and they're fascinating um so in colorado they approved an amendment which is going to create an independent commission to draw electoral districts thank goodness um it's like a third party for legislators and members of congress after the 2020 census census what it does is it creates a 12-member commission that would approve new districts um and the way that the this this um the way that this commission is going to be set up is that it's going to be equally divided between unaffiliated voters and um, Democrats and Republicans. Um, so the commission would have to have four Republicans, four Democrats, and four unaffiliated voters. Um, and then the way that those voters, the way they get cho- they get chosen, is there's going to be a lottery system. Essentially, you like apply, and a lottery system is going to be used alongside a panel of retired judges to pick commission members. Um, and then for any revisions to their districts to pass, a supermajority of eight commission members with at least two unaffiliated voters is needed. I see a couple of potential issues there. One, how in the world do you prove that someone is an unaffiliated voter? So that sounds dubious at best. Um, I, it sounds like somebody like me would be well on that, then, uh, that commission. Um, <laughs> and then the other thing that worries me is the judges thing. Like who picks those judges and like where do those judges lean? Um so, I mean, with any of these ideas, it's always like who picks the people who's doing the picking. Right. And like, how do you how do you ensure an actual fair process where people actually get access to it? So, I mean, I'm fascinated to see how that plays out. I imagine there's a bunch of lawsuits going to be happening related to that. Um, in Michigan, they did something similar, but a little bit different. Um, in Michigan, they created 13 member citizen um, redistricting commission. It's going to be made up of four Republicans, four Democrats, and five people who identify with neither party. Um, and this one went a little bit farther because they explicitly put in their proposal that it bars partisan offers holders, former or current, the employers, lobbyists, and others with ties to the current system from becoming commissioners. Um, the commission, these commissioners are going to get paid, so it's going to be like a paid like job, like forty k a year. Um, and to qualify, in the previous six years, you could not have had run for office been an elected official, been a party official of any kind, a political consultant, an employee of the legislature, a lobbyist, or someone who works for a lobbyist, or a political appointee to the state government, and you also can't be closely related to anyone disqualified for any of those previous reasons. So basically, they're trying to like get people who 
have had like nothing to do formally with in politics. politics. Um, and the way that's going to work in Michigan is the Secretary of State is going to make applications available. Um, you can also like and and they're going to randomly select from people who apply. They're going to randomly select two hundred people from the applicants, um, and then of that random selection, they're going to submit like um, that to the Democratic, Democratic and Republican um, leaders in the House and Senate, and then each will be able to strike a total of five names. I'm sorry, each is going to be able to strike five names, so like a total of twenty people can get stricken from it. And then there's going to be another like random drawing of the pools, and then it's going to be um, selected down to like four Democrats, four Republicans, and five people who are unaffiliated. I think that's a fascinating way to do that. Um, well, I mean, it's striking. Then, it's striking for e- e- equity or fairness at some point, right there. Yeah, is what they're trying to yeah. do. Yeah, and then, which is good. And, and and so then the way that goes going to go is that like they would have to meet um, and come up with like a new redistricting plan by October fifteenth of the year of the census. Um, and then they'd have to have at least 10 public hearings around the state prior, prior to like voting on the plan. And then the only people who would have any sort of veto power over their redistricting plan would be the Michigan Supreme court, which is that I like, because I think a couple of these, the, the Utah one, which I didn't like is the Utah one is going to create a commission similar and do similar things, but then ultimately it's still going to get voted on by the legislature. So like, that's not going to work. Cause they're just going to vote it down until something they like. Um, I think another one that is kind of weird is in Missouri, they're creating a, they're just creating a one person job. They're creating a nonpartisan state demographer who's going to propose match uh, maps to the legislature. And the legislature is going to vote on it. So that's just not going to work because who gets to choose that guy? Right. But there's still a trend here. I mean, people are putting there, there are folks that are putting bills up. Yeah. I think the Michigan that, one is the most promising one. That, that's right. like the, that one get that one gets like convoluted and and complex enough to like get somewhere close to fairness. It's it's. I mean, I think that like it's. Well, I like the randomness in it, and I yeah. like and I like yeah. that the that they're removing any sort of party affiliation yeah. or party of a party of a party, or you yeah. can't be the husband of a wife who has worked for a state lobbyist or yeah. whatever. Like it's, I still think it still makes me worry though, because like, again, secretary of state is like the most important thing there, right? The secretary right. of state was still wield an enormous amount of party. There's some right. power there. So that just like makes that election right. even more important. Right. Um, but then, like I said, this is a good thing. This is, I think, I think the fact that like, um, the fact that states are testing this and the fact that states are trying to figure this out is a good thing. I agree. Um, and this like goes back to an earlier point we made about the state legislature being sort of like the nursery ground for our democracy and where all of our bills come from. And if any of these work in some sort of fair process, you're going to see bills like this pop up all around the country and possibly, hopefully, hopefully, and possibly a national law at some point. Hopefully, but I don't, I don't see the Republican Party seeding. Oh no, they don't want that. Right, the, I, the Republicans oppose this to the nail in every one of those states. Right, and I think that that it's going to be difficult. I mean, right now, again, District One. Are we in District One? We're in District Two, right? We're two. Right, goes from New Orleans, downtown New Orleans, all the way to Baton Rouge. Yeah, I mean, the, it, make, it, make no mistake about it. Republicans and Democrats are equally as um, rapacious. Yeah, that's a good way to do that. describe that. They're equally as rapacious in the way that they've drawn these like absurd districts that are just, they make no mathematical geographic 
sense at all. No, no, this goes to, I think what I was, I, I, I'm going to probably misquote it again as I did last week, as I'm going to do this week, that it's obscene that the politicians choose their voters yeah. rather than the voters choose their politicians. Absolutely. Um, so like, I, I think, I think those are gonna be some very fascinating things to watch. And I'm, I'm very particularly curious about Michigan and how that one plays out. Um, and so I'm personally gonna be watching that really closely. Um, moving to Louisiana, we finally got there. So Louisiana, we had a lot of stuff happen here. Um, and so all seven constitutional amendments passed, um, including unanimous jury's one. Um, the one that I didn't want to pass, which was the one that is restricting um, felons' rights to ability to run for office for at least five years, did pass the reasoning that I gave last week about um, I just can't vote for anything that, rest- that rest- further restricts the rights of folks that have been incarcerated or that are incarcerated and that's, I think that there's so much work that needs to be done in the way that we think about, even just think about those people that like, I can't vote for anything that does that. And shame on you, Gambit. Shame, shame, shame on the Gambit for uh, when they put out their list of recommendations. They, they said vote no on that. Shame on you, Gambit. Um, the um, you, you could do a lot better. You mean they said they said to vote for it. Whatever the yeah, yeah. Uh, they said to vote um, for it or whatever. The yeah. United Missouri's bill passed. Um, the I think another one that's like um, important to mention is Amendment Six, which was what I explained was like the gentrification triage one, where if your property taxes go up more than fifty percent within a um, an appraisal period, the state has to phase in your new tax rate over the next four years while you get to like family plan and decide what to do about that. I think that is it perfect? No. Does it like solve for gentrification? No. But does it give people who currently have no sort of like option when they end up in a situation some kind of option? Yes. It does. Because there's a huge difference between having to pay a tax bill that is double what you've paid what you've paid like your whole life next year then four years from now when you can decide is it is the market right for me to sell because i think one of the things that people sort of really glossed over in that conversation about that about amendment six is that i think one of the more nefarious parts about gentrification and the way that the rising property taxes have forced people and displaced people from their homes is that it does exactly what the developers want where like let's say you're a lifelong resident in the treme and this developer comes in and says, hey, can I buy your house? I'm going to offer you blah, blah, blah. And they like give you something close to the value of your house or maybe even a little bit more. And you're like, no, I've lived in this neighborhood my whole life. I'm not leaving. I bought this house. I paid my mortgage. All the reasons why people don't want to leave their homes and their communities that are super, super valid. And then the developer goes, okay, but your three neighbors are selling. And so I'm going to turn that into a luxury condo. The value of that property goes up. The value of your property goes up. All of a sudden, your taxes are double you now can't afford to pay your taxes because you don't make that kind of money and you're now in debt or in in danger of being in debt and you don't know what to do. The developer comes back, hey, so I heard that you can't pay your tax bill. Um, I would still like to buy your house, but now I'm going to give you half what I offered before. Take it or leave it, right? And that happens everywhere all the time and it's happened a ton in the city. And what this does, and at the very least, is it gives people time to figure out what they want to do, whether that is figure out how to pay the new tax, whether that is figure out when is the right time to, in the market to sell their home, 
so that they don't get caught up in that. And so, I mean, again, it's not. It was it was it, Senator Morrell. It was another bill by Senator Morrell. Yeah. And again, big, big props to Senator J.P. Morrell. Uh, and are you going to get to Jared Brissett, by the yeah, way? Okay. Yeah. Uh, big props to uh, Senator Morrell. And, uh, and it was just another really very, very good bill. Mm-hmm. Uh, he, he said, and he, he's quoted, uh, he's been here quoted several times saying that a bad bill passes the first time a good bill sometimes takes about five years to pass. And I would say that he passed a very, very good bill with this uh, Amendment 6, and he passed an awesome bill with Amendment 2. Um, so other important things that happened, um, in in the the LA district one race, which was between, um, Steve Scalise and Tammy Savoy, Scalise won by an enormous margin, 71% of the vote. But she Um, took what? 16. 16%. 16%. Okay. Um, Cedric Richmond was reelected with 81% of her vote. Um, what was the breakdown there? Do you have them? They didn't even bother printing the other, the, um, what the other candidates gathered they didn't even bother printing it so i don't i don't know that it wasn't even printed um who did can you can you are you are you open to saying who you voted for i voted for Nooney man i did not vote for cedric i was protesting protesting against cedric um and i stand by my vote of protesting against i did cedric. not vote against cedric i think either. at some point the people i would like you to run for that seat next year just yeah. if anything just to like force him no just to force him to no. say things like no. what his thoughts are on Medicare for all. What can I do to get you to run for that seat? Repeal Citizens United. Uh, um, how about running on the Green Party? Nope. <laughs> nope. Um, I think another notable one is because a lot of people are talking about it. Justin DeWitt didn't didn't really perform at all. Um, yeah. What that, would he get? Like six? He got twenty percent. Twenty percent. Garrett Graves got seventy percent of the vote. So that yeah. was that was nowhere near as close. People think it was going to be close. It was nowhere near as close as people thought I, it would there be. There just wasn't. He just, yeah, just, there was a lot. Just of, didn't land. Right. There's a land. lot of thoughts there. Um, I do want to say like condolences out to Justin Do It because I'm sure some folks have heard about this. Uh, from what I've been reading in the news, apparently he was fired by his employer for like running. Yeah. Which is awful. That's that's terrible. And like, sorry that that happened to you. And like, I'm not sure why. He that's had allowed. a, I, was it? It wasn't a state job. Or, I mean, I know he's a surveyor. I can I can remember who he worked for. But like, I've been reading it, and it was there was like a newspaper article about it that he was like terminated by his employer the first day back from his leave that he took to um to run for office. And I that's that's messed up. That yeah. The, so condolences out to Justin for that. Justin Dewitt, the first openly gay, uh, openly gay candidate to run on a democratic ticket on a federal level in the state of louisiana also the first openly gay candidate to get a statewide endorsement from a national party there is also um the district court judgeships is going to a runoff on december 8 between omar mason and marie williams um austin baden beat timothy david ray for a clinic of first city court um, and then in clerk of civil district court, Chelsea Napoleon beat Jared Brossett. I, what are your I, thoughts on that? My thought on this is that I think it is a travesty that Jared Brossett got reelected to the city council like six months ago and then decided he wanted a different political job, lost, and not just lost. He like decided he wanted a different, he essentially decided he didn't want to do the job he had just got elected to do. And then decided to run for a different office, essentially not doing his job for six months, and then now just gets to go back to the city council after losing. Like, 
I think that like I I think that well, I've been, okay, we do, okay. I think this I situation has convinced me that like if you're gonna run for another office, you gotta step down from the one you got. You can't just like not do well, your job for like six months. I'm he basically just like hasn't been a city council member while well, running. That's for not this true. Other he seat. was he was doing votes and stuff. I, I I'm with you. I I'm not with you 100 percent on that, but I I hear you. But what are your thoughts on the fact that he just like that's an open handed slap? I mean, like, and he lost in his district. Did you read that? Yeah, as he's and and he I think, lost in his di- like think, it was fifty one. Who, who did he run against? What was the name of the um, Chelsea Napoleon? Chelsea, right, right, right. Miss Miss Chelsea. She got fifty one percent. He's yeah. District E. Uh, no C C. He, he lost. Yeah, and he, he deserves, lost, and he deserves it. <laughs> Open handed slap, and he deserves it because I think it is. I think it is a. I think it was an open-handed slap to the people of District C I, that you I tried you. to not be their I council member six you. months after they elected you. But That's what, crazy yeah, to me. It was pretty remarkable that a high-profile, and this was a woman who didn't have much in the form. I, I guess well, I she know. was the incumbent. She was the incumbent. So, I mean, like, is her name as big as Jared I think City? I think I no, was. I think she, I was, was, she was the incumbent. So, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, she did have that going for her. Um, and she does have like a record of doing the he, job. I go got of. bombarded with emails and I take myself off just, of lists and he was being endorsed left, right and center. And I, I was just, I, I'm personally, so my, and here's my thing. I like, I already have a, a like a, a negative feeling about him because like, as I said, when I uh, said let that, me just say the thoughts that, and the opinions are that yeah, are expressed are here my own. are belong to yes. Kenny Francis, Mark Yonder, and they don't belong to this. I personally this have a negative, a feel. I have a negative opinion of Jared Brassett simply because as like a black man from new Orleans, the fact that he hasn't raised a single finger to do anything I'm with you. I'm in with support you. of the of people course. of Gordon Plaza, which right. is in his district. Yes. That alone for me disqualifies you from being, but he joins a Amazing. long line of politicians that have done nothing. Yes, but so I, I'm with <laughs> you. I'm with you. I'm just saying there's precedent there. Okay, I'm, I'm so not saying I'm. There's precedent for a ex- whole lot of things, right? I'm not saying it excuses him. I so for me, it's like that already disqualified him as being someone who's like worthy of sitting in that seat. That like there isn't a. I, I said this. I said this when I was like announcing who I was going to vote for, and I like still feel this way. It is there is not a single thing happening. That is, there's not a single more important thing happening in District C, in than, the city, I would argue. Then, well, yes, but specifically talking about what he's in control of, there's nothing else. Like as a city council, as a district city council person, your job is to represent the interests of the people in your district. There is nothing more important happening in that district than the travesty that has been and continues to occur at Gordon Plaza, and he has done zero. Zero things for those people, and for me, that alone. Forget about like I don't care if he's a nice guy. I don't care about any of that. Like he's not doing your essential job as a district council person. You don't deserve to have that seat. And then it's a double slap in the face of the people of that district that you got elected, and then you decided you didn't feel like doing the job right away and tried to get a different one. And now he just gets to go back to the council. I I that doesn't I, that doesn't sit well with me at all. It just doesn't. I'm sure he's not going to be in a good mood when he goes back. Uh, and just to be clear, what we're talking about are obviously uh, these are communities of color that are being uh, exposed to uh, and, and living in a community that was built on top of an yeah. active waste uh, and toxic uh, dump. If you're tuning in, this is 102.3 WHIV. You are listening to a very special episode of Resistance Radio. Uh, I'm Mark Allendary. That's Kenny Francis. Thank you to Mark Parody uh, and the uh, Mega Music Monday will be starting and broadcast from 8 to 10 uh, tonight. Thank you very much, uh, Mark. If you're tuning in to listen to Mark Parody, he will be on in just a few minutes. Do you want um, to do Secretary State? Yeah, the last big thing is... Okay, this is a big deal. This is a really big deal, y'all. Um, so there was an election for Secretary of State, and in that election, 
Um, we are going to have a runoff on December 8th between Kyle Ardwin, who is the current holder of the position. Can we get her on the radio? Um, we're going to try. Okay. Um, Kyle Ardwin is a Republican who was a, um, he was in on the, a lower, what's the word? He was like one of the deputies for our former Secretary of State, Tom Shedler. The reason why we're having this election is that Tom Shedler bye was bye. forced to resign too. Um, because he was um, sexually harassing, um, I think it was multiple yeah, but it was one was so egregious. Yeah, it was so one, over the top. It, a lawsuit happened, and then I think what gives me an enormous concern about Kyle Ardwin is that Kyle Ardwin was in Human Resources when that claim was did, brought did, forward and did, didn't, didn't do anything about it. Right, didn't do anything. Um, and he, has somehow claimed to not have known anything about. Yeah, are you no, kidding me? No, no, no. The female he was uh, harassing was very verbal about her story. Yeah, there's it like was it is very, very. It well is completely known. and utterly inconceivable He's that Kyle Arden no, no, no. did not know exactly what was going on and chose to just ignore it because. So you know what that makes him? A liar. Yeah. So yeah. there you go with that. Again, the opinions expressed here belong to mine um, and Kenny alone. And huge, 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 huge props to Gwen Glee, Collins Green. No one heard of her before. She right, decided the, to the smart money was on Julie like, Stokes. Yeah, no, that's where the that's where no, the money was. Or Renee Fontenot free. Like no, like no one, no one heard of of Gwen Collins Greenup before this race, to the point of when we was, when we were doing like a preview of the local races that are coming up, and I was like reading about it. Um, the Advocate did a a pretty like extensive um, profile on all the people who had. Um, had announced that they were running for secretary, including a bunch of like fringe candidates, like that one guy who was like the leader of the like um, the like family values thing. That's like that super 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 conservative thing. They did a whole write up on everyone, and then I rem- I remember it was so disrespectful. At the end, at the very end, like literally the last line of the article, like oh, also running is Grand Collins Greenup, a lawyer from Bossy. I think she's from Bossier, and that was it. That's like all I said about her, and like no one heard of this woman, and. She so, made it into the she made it into the runoff, yeah, how do you think and that on top happened? of that, she made it into the runoff having raised only five thousand right. dollars from the, for her campaign, and it, her basically husband. basically from her neighbors. Right, that's amazing. And then her husband, it was like her and her husband ran the campaign. Yeah, from, from, their, from, their, from their, their kitchen, kitchen table. It's amazing. Right. Yeah, it is utterly amazing. I I don't have any good explanations for like how she did that other than it is utterly either people amazing. skip the vote i mean I, I did not see the breakdown it is on what utterly the, the i mean vote and the thing was. is that she she almost she almost got the majority i mean no one was like close to 50 percent, but like i think it was like arduin got like 22 percent, and she got like 21 percent. like she almost she was almost the leader right it's incredible what and, she did and when she talks about what she wants to do as secretary of state what of some of her and, and the other thing about it and, the, and here's here's why like if you are still in a place where you which we, we should all should still be like any energy you have left for campaigning or phone banking or fundraising or anything in terms of like helping out a candidate gwen collins greetup is the only person in that entire field of secretary of state that ran on a platform of expanding the vote instead what? of restricting the vote. What? She's talking about things like automatic voter registration. What? Yeah. She's the real In deal. the deep south? Yeah. Unbelievable. And so like let's have her on the radio. She like this woman needs to be elected. And like I, I cannot explain. Is Indivisible she, doing anything or we're I mean we're gonna do everything we can to help her. Like that's it's incredible what she's done. Yeah. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Black women are everything. Like it's <laughs> It's unbelievable. I like it is. Yeah, you're right. It's, it's like political Rudy. It's like I, I political what Rudy. Like you know Rudy, 
Come on, you've never seen the movie Rudy, the story of like the dude who's like, oh, like, right. yeah. uh, like he's like no one knows he is. He's not very, not, he's not not very athletic. He becomes like a, on a ahead, football team. The whole yeah, thing. Yeah. It's just like she came out of like actual no. People say things like they came out of nowhere when it's just like an upset. This is like more than just an upset. The, the, I mean, this like this is someone who just like was like inspired and 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 like believed in their values. Is like you know what? I'm gonna put myself out there. I'm gonna do this. And she God, did it. What do you think? She that, did the thing. What do you think? It's and she, this is the only thing that's going to be on that runoff is is that yes, and that's and that's what worries me. What worries me is going to be the terrible is turnout. That right? Every, well, one terrible turnout. Two, I mean, the Republicans are going to pump a bunch of money into this to make sure that Kyle Auburn wins. And so, folks who don't agree with that, we've got to do we've got to do everything we can to try to get her elected. Um, and I mean. I, I don't know. I, I have no idea. I, 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 I'm almost like, I, I can't, I feel like I can't make a prediction because who would have predicted she'd be in the runoff? It's incredible. Like I'm still, I can make a prediction floored. I, I mean, listen, the reality of the situation is, is that it's going to be a very, very small turnout. And whenever small turnouts occur, they usually rule in favor of yeah. the Republican. And also party. like, unfortunately a lot of people in the state just vote Republican just because. We're going to, it's going to take us some time to download the show. So sure. we need to probably um, wrap up. Soon. I do want to do like, like really, really quickly. There's a, there are a couple of things in terms of activism updates that are happening this week. Um, one on Wednesday, November 14th at 9am uh, at city hall, there's going to be a budget hearing. Um, the mayor put out her 2019 proposed budget um, and there's going to be a criminal justice budget hearing on Wednesday in which Folks are asking um, for some parity between the Orleans, um, between the public defender's office and the Orleans Parish District Attorney's office, um, where one of those, which you can guess which one, gets funded rather well, and the other one does not at all. And considering public defenders is how people get defended against the crimes that they are accused of, there should be parity in how they are funded and the resources they have to um, fight those cases. Um, just sort of something just like to bring it, um, to remind folks, if you listened to our interview with Ken Barnes, who is the Louisiana, who's a special counsel to Louisiana Supreme court, um, who was talking about pretrial bond hearings a couple of weeks ago with us, uh, who was formerly of the public defender's office, something he said sort of in passing that I have not been able to forget what was, that? was he said that he was sort of explaining about how pretrial bond hearings go. And he talked about how like it is a standard practice practice that you'd get into like the court to the court at like nine to talk to your clients. And he would have between nine and 10 to talk to his clients before they had to appear for before the judge. And they're like, how many clients you have? Like 15. Right. What? You have an hour to give legal advice on like probably like felony cases to like 15 people. And that's, and that's, and that's what the, that's what the, like the, the, the public defenders office is working with compared to the DA. Um, two other quick things. There's going to be a candidate forum for secretary of state for the runoff, um, this Wednesday, um, November 14th, organized they, by vote. Are they going to be here in, I have, I was trying to confirm whether or not both candidates were going to be here and I could not get a confirmation before we came on air. Yeah. We need to figure um, that out. And then the last thing is this Thursday, um, November 15th, besides being my birthday. Um, so all of you give me a gift. Um, what Jane day is it? The fifteenth okay. Thursday, um, Jane Place. That. Jane Place is having a um, a forum and a call to action at Corpus Christi, which is twenty twenty two St. Bernard Avenue at six p.m. Um, talking about renters' rights, which we we need them. 
Yes, we do. We need them. Very much so. Put simply, we need them. So you're going to hear coming from Resistance Radio more about our Secretary of yes. State. I'm hoping that by the time we post this podcast, I can get a confirmation of whether or not they'll both be there on Wednesday night or not. And then we're going to also see about getting her on, on air. Or get, we're going to obviously offer for both candidates, obviously. I would love as, for him to come on, but Yes, we but would love that. Would but love we that. would love to try that. Uh, thank you, Mark Parody, so much for giving us an hour of his uh, time. He will be broadcasting Mega Music Mondays from 8 to 10. And then Wade Burnham will be doing uh, Super Sounds of Sunday from 10 to 12. Kenny Francis, uh, as always, uh, much love. Thank you very much. Uh, you've been listening to Resistance Radio. Thank you. See you all next week. Proclaiming what size the 